What is up, awesome people of the internet? And welcome to a very special edition of Women's Basketball Weekly. And for today, our focus is entirely on the thrilling world of women's college basketball. Now, y'all, it's time. It, the time has finally arrived that women's college basketball is back. It officially kicked off today. And in this episode, I'm going to be your guide, revealing everything you need to know about this upcoming season of women's college basketball. Embrace yourself, guys. Like, this is going to be a very thrilling ride of a season. And speaking of excitement, women's college basketball has reached unprecedented heights recently. Uh, last season, nearly 10 million fans tuned in to witness an epic championship showdown between LSU and Iowa, setting a new viewing record. And let's not forget, y'all, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight made records of their own, um, having over 82,000 fans attend those games. Again, another record shattered. The enthusiasm for women's college basketball is tangible, with Iowa selling all 13,000 season tickets this year, uh, UConn adding an additional 2,000 tickets uh, sold uh, from last year's tally. Uh, the game is going on an accelerated growth right now. There is a huge trajectory for improvements um, in the women's game, and investments are pouring in. You have today's game as an example where South Carolina played Notre Dame. They went all the way to Paris to play a game of basketball. There's some serious resources that were invested to make that thing happen. And the reason why it happened was because of the growth of women's college basketball. You have LSU uh, that just unveiled a $1.5 million locker room upgrade. A locker room upgrade for $1.5 million. Like that, again, there's investment in the women's game. Um, and it's just showing in, in lots of different ways. And LSU isn't the only program. There's other programs around the country that have been investing more and more and more into the women's game. And it's paying off. But it's not all about the numbers and investments. It's about the stars that really make this game what it is. And y'all, these players are some ballers. You got Caitlin Clark. You have Cameron Brink. You have Paige Beckers. You have Angel Reese. And, and lots of other players who are making a name for themselves on the basketball court and off the basketball court with, with them cashing in on NIL deals, name, image, image name, name, image, and likeness deals. Like they are making money. Yes, they ball on the court and they have great personalities and they're, they're, they're making it work. They're, they're building a brand for themselves. Um, and that's something that, you know, women's college basketball players just, they didn't do in the past. And now, you know, it's a thing. And now it's a thing where you have these players Caitlin, Paige, Cameron, Angel, who are balling out of control, Flage, you know, lots of players who, you know, there's people in the world who know these players, not even as a basketball player. They know them outside of that as other things, um, as, as, a spokes, as a spokesperson for their favorite brand or, or whatever. Um, so like, you know, these players, they can play on the court and business-wise, they're very, very savvy as well. Uh, but yeah, it's not all about just the popularity of these players. Uh, women's college basketball features some fierce competition. Uh, the past five championships were all claimed by different schools. You know, that, that kind of shows how great and how dy dynamic 
a women's college basketball is where you don't necessarily, at least recently, you haven't really had, you know, teams that were like shoe-ins. Like even if you thought initially they were shoe-ins, you know, there wasn't a repeat. I mean, the last six championships, uh, of course, uh, South Carolina repeated. Uh, but the last, if you just look at the last five championships, different champion each year, you know, uh, you know, the, the unexpected in the NCAA has become the norm. Like, yeah, remember last year's final four that featured a surprising duo of Virginia tech and Iowa. Um, you know, that's the norm nowadays where you have these teams that are good. Yes. But, but no one expects them to make it as far as they did. Like, you know, there, there's there's opportunities for, for lots of teams to do that. And they've been doing it for years. Um, and this year's favorites, of course, that, that everyone keeps talking about is LSU and UConn to make it to the championship. But, you know, it's all about surprises. So we have no idea what's in store for this upcoming season. Um, but one thing's for sure, there will be lots of upsets uh, and there will be lots of surprises. Um, you know, all the elements are here. They all converge to make this season, the most exhilarating and the most pivotal one in women's college basketball history. Uh, so y'all, y'all better get ready. Um, you know, because we're going to have everything from heart pounding buzzer beaters. We're going to have some captivating Cinderella stories, like, like that Iowa one for la- from last year. Um, you know, we, we're going to see some intense rivalries. We're going to see some heartwarming triumphs. Uh, women's college basketball has it all. They have the drama they have the uh, the the love of the game. They have the passion. Every it's everything wrapped in one. So y'all um, grab a drink, put your favorite uh, school colors on, and let's dive into what this season has to offer us. Uh, so we're gonna start with the essential dates that you need to mark on your calendar. Um, and of course, the first important date to know is today's date, November the sixth, twenty twenty three the official tip-off to women's college basketball season. And y'all, we have a very exciting five-month journey ahead of us. Um, you know, the games will last until March 17th, uh, 2024. Um, and during, during this period of time, you know, teams will play around 37 or so games against both conference and non-conference foes to battle it out and to see which teams will actually make the NCAA tournament. And uh, the NCAA tournament itself, it starts on March the 20th, 2024. So keep that in your calendar. Um, you know, the, the tournament will last until April the 7th, uh, where a new champion will be crowned in Cleveland, Ohio. In addition uh, to the to the NCAA tournament, uh, the newly announced WBIT Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament. Uh, this is for those teams who did not secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. Their journey will continue in the WBIT. That tournament starts March the twenty first, uh, with the finals set for April the third in Indianapolis. So, key places to know. Indianapolis for the WBIT on April the 3rd uh, for the finals, and then April the 7th in Cleveland for the regular NCAA tournament um, championship. Um, So if you want to learn more about the WBIT, you can actually check out my explainer video where I talk all about that. 
All right, shifting the gears away from the NCAA, we have preseason WNIT to talk about. Uh, so mark your calendars for November the 9th and November the 14th as teams um, Utah, South Carolina State, and Baylor battle it out to see who will be uh, the WNIT preseason champs. Um, we don't know the dates for the postseason WNIT, so stay, stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to have some updates later on whenever we find out when um, the postseason WNIT starts. All right, so those are the dates that you really need to be aware of. Of course, there's lots of important games to watch throughout that period of time, but I, I just want to let you all know of the main dates of how long the re regular season lasts um, and then for postseason play, what's going on with that. All right, so now let's talk about some rules, y'all. With every new season comes new rules. And here are some notable rules that y'all need to be aware of. Uh, so first, we're going to talk about the flop. Now, from, you know, you, you've seen the NBA. They, they've initiated this new flop rule. Um, and it's tri trickling down to the college game. Uh, so starting this season, players who attempt to draw fouls through exaggeration, i.e. the flop, uh, will receive first a warning, um, and then any subsequent flops will result in a technical foul. Um, so basically this is going to disincentivize people. Uh, this is going to keep people from uh, actually doing flops because now you're going to get a tech every single time well, after your first time during during um, doing a flop in a game. So you have your first flop, ref says warning, next time you're getting a tech. Um, and one thing to note is that these techs will not count against a player's personal fouls, uh, but it will count towards a team, like the team uh, foul count. Um, so so yeah, that's, that's something that's very important to know. Um, we've all kind of seen the detriments of flopping. Uh, so this rule is really meant to eliminate flopping for good. Will it actually eliminate flopping for good? No, it won't. Um, players will just get a little bit more creative in, in, in trying to hide the fact that they are actually flopping. Um, and we'll see probably a lot of surprise on their faces when they get called for a flop or something like that. Like it'll, it'll be a lot of dramatics probably um, to, to, to go along with, uh, with this new flopping rule. Um, so yeah, that is a huge, huge rule. And now I have another pretty big rule to share with you all that, that is, is kind of going to change, uh, quite a bit in the women's game. And, and for this one, I'm going to read directly from the NCAA's website. Uh, so the NCAA panel approved reducing the restricted area arc from four feet in the lane to directly underneath the basket. Defenders cannot establish a legal guarding position directly underneath the basket. The rule also eliminates the lower defensive box rule. Under this new rule, there will be no need for any additional court markings on the floor. The committee hopes simplifying the rule will bring about a better understanding for officials, coaches, players, and fans. So previously, secondary defenders had to be outside the four-foot restricted area arc, to draw a charge. The lower defensive box was an imaginary area designed by two tick marks on the in line and the second lane marks from the free throw lane and distinguished with when the restricted area rule was in effect. So yeah, basically 
what y'all need to know is now um, the the only restricted defensive area is right directly underneath the basket. Um, so that means players can still draw charges closer to the basket than they were able to last year. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll be a rule that I think will will take the most time to sort of get used to, uh, because it, it it dramatically changes um, uh, what what's in defenders' heads in, in terms of like their positioning, um, especially when when the offensive player is is driving to the basket. So yeah, that'll that'll affect quite a bit, um, and it'll take some time to get used to. Uh, moving on to other interesting rules. Here's one that I found very, very interesting. So coaching staff will now be able to watch live video from the bench. Like actual live video. As the game is going on, they'll be able to watch live video, um, assuming it has some sort of coaching purpose. Uh, this change follows successful experimentation over the last two seasons. Um, the NCAA has been been testing this out and seeing how it works. Um, there seem to not really be any issues. So now this is permanent for all teams. And this is, of course, an optional thing. So if, if teams want, if coaching staffs want to, um, you know, have some video aid as the game is going on, they can do that. And uh, now for some random kind of exciting news, depending on if you're a numbers person. Um, players are now going to have more jersey number options uh, with the numbers 0 through 99 all up for grabs. Uh, before there was a restriction on certain numbers that you just couldn't have. Now now you have just about any number. 0 to 99, 99 you can have those numbers uh, and kind of pick whatever, like whatever number you want. Um, I'm interested to see the first uh, player who rocks 99 on their jersey. Well, I, I wonder who that'll be. Um... Also, uh, players are now allowed to wear r- religious headwear uh, without needing a waiver. Previously, uh, teams had to file for a, ra- a waiver for players to have religious headwear. Now, no need for a wa- waiver. Players can wear whatever religious headwear that they want without asking for permission. Uh, so on the officiating side of things, referees will now be equipped to use replay throughout the entire game for off-ball foul scoring plays. Uh, So for the review process, they'll be able to um, review that during the next media timeout or during intermission. And as we dive into this season, it's important to keep an eye out on uh, what the NCAA is focused on, their points of emphasis, which this year include bench decorum and misconduct incidents. So let's see uh, how, how they pay little extra attention to those things. Uh, Before we move on, I do want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, What are your thoughts on these rule changes? Uh, Do you think they will help to lead to a better season this year? Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, So let me know what you think in the comments below. All right, let's kind of shift the focus a little bit um, and explore some of the major storylines that are capturing our attention this year. So first up, the question on everyone's mind, will LSU manage to repeat as champs? So they've been riding high ever since their victory last year, um, and they seem ready to prove that it wasn't all just a fluke. Now, while there might be a slight concern about the, the starting point guard position, the rest of this team looks rock solid. Um, and we might just witness another dominant season by LSU. So more on LSU's team a little bit later on in this video. 
Now let's talk about the Pac-12. So it is their last hoorah for this season. The season marks a significant turning point for the conference because the conference will not exist next year. Um, With basically all teams leaving uh, to go to different conferences next year, uh, this is the last time that we will see the Pac-12 as we know it. And so, you know, you have teams like USC, UCLA, Arizona, Colorado, and Stanford who are going to have a really solid season this year. Um, and, and, and even though it doesn't seem likely, at least I don't think so, that any of these teams will actually make it to the Final Four, if they did, it would be such a fitting farewell for this conference. Um, you know, uh, this is the last hurrah. So, I, you know, it, it would be great if these teams were able to make it as far as possible um, to, to really just once again show the power of the Pac-12 before the Pac-12 packs it up and all teams leave to go somewhere else. Did y'all like that pun? Let me know. Let me know what y'all thought about that pun. All right. Um, so it wouldn't be another uh, NCAA season um, for women's college basketball without talking about UConn. So can UConn reclaim, reclaim their former glory? Can they? Maybe. Um, they have had a unparalleled dynasty for years. They made it to 14 straight Final Fours, uh, but recently they've fallen short of that. And uh, they've they fallen short of their usual standards. And uh, with the return of AZ Fudd and Paige Beckers from injuries, it brings hope back that you know, maybe this, this UConn dynasty uh, will return um, and they will go back to the Final Four and, and even further. Um, but but will they actually make it to, to a championship game this season? Question mark, question mark. We'll see. <laughs> we will we will see. Um, another storyline uh, is that what is going to happen with Iowa? So Iowa lost some huge pieces last year in Monica Sinano and McKenna Warnock, uh, but they still have the best player in the country. Fingers pointing to uh, Caitlin Clark. And so the question is, is Caitlin Clark enough to make another Cinderella story like run? Um, time will tell. We will see what, what Caitlin Clark can do. We all know how great of a shooter she is um, and how great of a facilitator she is. So maybe, maybe Caitlin is enough to get Iowa back at least the final four. We'll see. And if you're anything like me, you're probably wondering, uh, how are these freshmen going to do in the bright lights? Uh, there are so many big name freshmen to pay attention to this season. Um, and so, yeah, the question is, how will they do? You know, this season we have players like USC's Juju Watkins, LSU's uh, Michaela Williams, um, KK Arnold at UConn, Samaya Nichols at Kansas, Malaysia Fullwiley at South Carolina, Jade Williams at Arizona, Hannah Hildago at Notre Dame. These are top players. You know, how will these freshmen perform? Will they actually earn some playing time on their teams? Or will they ride the bench? Time will tell. As always, time will tell. Now, on to the last storyline that I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on these dang on transfers. Y'all, we are firmly, firmly, firmly in the transfer era of the NCAA and this offseason was popping, y'all. You know, there were top players leaving their schools left and right. 
in hopes of finding greener pastures. Now the question is, are these new schools greener pastures or not? We will see. So transfers to keep your eye on include LSU's Haley Van Liff and Anissa Morrow, Diamond Johnson, who went to Norfolk State, Lauren Betts at UCLA, Tahina Powpow at South Carolina, Celeste Taylor at Ohio State, Cheyenne Day Wilson at Miami. Um, each of these players, they've made significant moves uh, that will alter the rest of their college experience. Uh, the question is, what impact will they make on their teams? And also, another question is, will they live to regret their decision to transfer? We'll see. All right, now that we've kind of set the stage for the upcoming women's basketball season, um, you know, we've explored some key changes, some storylines. Now it's time to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and let's take a closer look at some of the various conferences and what we can expect from each of these teams. Now, strap in, guys, because this is going to be a lot to talk about. All right, and when it comes to women's college basketball, you know, the big conferences are the Pac-12, for now at least, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Big East. Now, for this episode, we are going to specifically focus on the ACC and SEC and talk about every single team that plays in these conferences. Last season, the ACC had eight teams make the NCAA tournament for the fifth time in conference history. Um, and it's looking like this year is going to be the same exact way. Uh, this conference really is broken into three groups, I would say. You have... Uh, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame at the top of the pack in a league of their own. Uh, for Virginia Tech, they are very good. Um, they were very good last year. Um, I think they're going to be very good this year. Um, yes, they lost some players, um, and they added a whole new roster of transfers and freshmen. Um, you know, th those those new players are going to are going to sort of uh, pair up with uh, the liking of George Amore and Elizabeth Kitley, who were very, very good last year. Um, and I think the Hokies are going to have a good season. Uh, will they be as good as last year and make it to the Final Four? No. I don't think they will. Uh, but make no mistake, they are going to be a good team that will make it far into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, and, and it'll take some time for this team to click. You know, because Kenny Brooks has his work cut out with seven new roster members added. You know, that's a lot of chemistry to kind of develop in a short period of time. Um, so I think it's going to take a little bit for them to, to start clicking. Uh, but once they do, I, I think this team is going to go go pretty far. Um, I, I think for right now, they're a solid Sweet 16 um, add-in, I, I think. I think they're pretty solid as, sweet, as, as, a, as a Sweet 16 team. Uh, maybe they make it to the Elite Eight. Maybe that's kind of like a... Not sure, but but they have potential to make it to the Elite Eight. But I think for sure the Sweet 16, um, they should make it in. Um, Virginia Tech is a good team, so it should they should be a fun team to watch. So if, if you don't have uh, Virginia Tech games on your schedule to watch for this season, um, make sure to add it because Virginia Tech is going to be pretty good. Um, and for Notre Dame, uh, this is a team that's sort of on the cusp of greatness. Um, they didn't lose a ton last season. They added Hannah Hildago, the number five recruit. Um, they have 
star, uh, Olivia Miles. But the question is, will Olivia Miles be healthy this year? And when will she be back? Like, that's the question, you know? Um, as of right now, she's still out. Uh, so we'll see what kind of happens from here. But if if Olivia is actually able to play this year, Notre Dame's going to be very good. Um, you know, they made it pretty far last year without uh, Olivia in the NCAA tournament. Um, so this year, if Olivia's healthy, pair her up with Hannah Hildago, this team's going to be very good. Um, I, I think, I think uh, you know, there's a significant chance that this team is a Sweet 16 slash Elite 8 type team they're they're very very good but we'll we'll kind of see we'll kind of see what they do all right so the so the second tier of ACC teams that are good um and NCAA bound programs uh but are not as good as Virginia Tech and, and Notre Dame are Louisville North Carolina Florida State Miami Duke and NC State all right so first let's talk about NC State so NC State is a team that has a boatload of potential. You know, they return Sanaya Rivers, who was very good last year. Um, you know, she was the sixth, sixth woman of the year for the ACC. Um, yes, this team loses uh, Diamond Johnson, you know, and others. Uh, but if you look at the people that NC, NC State gained, um, it looks super promising, you know. You brought in some solid transfers. NC State brings in four of the top 100 recruits for the season, including Zoe Brooks, uh, who was ranked number nine in her class. Uh, this team is going to do going to be really young, um, but I do think they will make it to the NCAA tournament. It's kind of a toss up how far they make it, but uh, they have some serious potential to be to be pretty good this year and even better in years to come. Uh, now on to Duke. Uh, so Duke is a school that's looking to figure out a new identity. Uh, this team has, has had a bunch of players leave the program after last season, most notably their best player, Celeste Taylor, who left. Uh, so the question is, what is the identity of this new team? Well, for Kara Lawson, it's most likely going to come from the freshmen. So this season, Duke adds a bunch of freshmen, including newcomers to the team, such as Jaden Donovan, uh, the number three recruit uh, for freshmen. Uh, Duke should make the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know how far they'll make it, but at least they'll make it for now. So Miami uh, was a very, very, very good team last year, uh, making it all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, but they lost some serious, serious talent, including their best player, Haley Cavender, who might be back next year. Maybe, maybe not. Um, watch one of the previous episodes of Women's uh, Basketball Weekly um, for more about Haley Cavender. Um, with the personnel losses that Miami made last year, they also they added in some really, really good transfers, including Cheyenne Day Wilson, um, who is, I think, going to ball out this year. Uh, so... I think she's likely going to be Miami's starting point guard as of right now. I think so. Uh, we'll see what actually happens. But, uh, you know, uh, Miami's going to be good. Will they make it to the Elite Eight again? No, I don't think so. Uh, but they will be a very solid team that will make the NCAA tournament. All right, on to North Carolina. So North Carolina is really shaping up to be a very solid team this year. 
Uh, last year, they were pretty competitive. Um, they made it all the way to the Sweet 16 for the first time in what feels like forever. They returned their star, Deja Kelly, and they add in some very tr talented transfers and freshmen. Uh, one thing to note is that the number four recruit, Sierra Toomey, will actually redshirt this year. Um, so we'll actually see her in action next year. Uh, North Carolina will be good this season uh, with Deja Kelly and uh, Alyssa Utsby uh, leading the way for the team. Um, there is a slight chance that they make it, uh, you know, decently far in the NCAA tournament, maybe to the Sweet 16, but most, most likely uh, they don't make it. If they make it to the Sweet 16, they're not making it farther than that. Well, we'll kind of see. Most likely, I think they're going to lose in the second round of the tournament. But, you know, again, we'll see. All right, now on to Louisville. So Louisville is a team that lost the biggest transfer of the offseason in Haley Van Liff. Uh, But what they lost in one player, they gained in more players. So because they brought in some very, very good transfers, most notably Jada Curry and Kiki Jefferson. Now... At this exact moment, I am not sure how this team will actually gel together and play. Um, there's some serious, serious talent on Louisville. Uh, Jeff Walls, you know, he he made sure to, to grab some really good players. Uh, the question is, how are they all going to fit? Um, you know, will they actually be a good team or will they not? Um, I think it's the jury still out on how good Louisville will be. I think they have the possibility to shock everyone and make it far in the tournament. I also think they have the potential to flame out and be terrible. Um, but time will tell. We will see. Jeff Walls is a great coach. So, you know, um, it, it's not too likely that they will be horrible. But, you know, you never really know. Um, and, and they have so many new pieces that I'm not sure how they will, how they will gel. So we will, we will see. Time will tell. All right. So Florida State. Now, the Seminoles are ready to uh, really build something special. Uh, they have their star in Tanaya Latson. Um, she's getting ready for her second year. Um, you know, they've, they've shown, like, bits and spurts of greatness last season. Um, so this year really is about sort of building on the potential that they have. In terms of other personnel, the team also returned uh, Michaela Timpson, uh, who was really good last year. Um, and they add in Alexis Tucker, who can shoot the ball. Uh, they also have a very, um, I think overall, uh, Florida State will have a very solid year this year, um, likely making it to the NCAA tournament, but losing in the first round. And then you have the bottom of the pack for the ACC, which include Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh. So I am not going to recap every single team like I did the other ones, uh, but I just want to give you some quick some quick, um, you know, bits of information about each of these programs. So Georgia Tech added Sydney Johnson to their squad from the transfer portal. Uh, she will severely help this team uh, in three-point scoring because she was 40% from the three-point line last year, and Georgia Tech was terrible from threes last year. So... They will for sure improve on that for this year. Um, Boston College last year was not very good at all. Um, this year, they will be even worse um, because they lost their best player uh, in Tiana Mayer, who transferred. Uh, Wake Forest also won't be very good, uh, but they did add uh, 
two ranked freshmen, um, you know, in the top 100. So that's kind of cool. That's great and, and somewhat promising for this team. Uh, Pitt also will not be very good this season, uh, but they do welcome new coach Tori Verdi to the program. Uh, so we will kind of see how Tori does from here on out. Um, they won't be very good this year, but uh, as, as Tori starts to build out a program, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, you know, will, will Tori be able to bring Pitt back to relevancy? Maybe, maybe not. So those are the teams from the ACC. What are your thoughts about these teams? Um, what teams are you excited about uh, for the ACC? Uh, how far do you think ACC teams will make it? Um, also, do you think eight teams like last year will make it to the NCAA tournament this year? Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. All right, now on to the SEC. Uh, the SEC is one of the toughest conferences in the country. Um, and I would argue uh, the toughest conference in the com- in the country. Uh, this 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 uh, t- this conference is home to LSU and South Carolina. Uh, these are uh, teams that combined for three of the last six NCAA tournaments uh, championships. Um, you know the road to the NCAA finals usually goes through the SEC. Some SEC team. And um, I think this year is not going to be any different. Uh, last year, uh, the SEC brought in um, eight teams uh, into the tournament, um, and this year will likely be the same. Uh, the SEC is ready to ball. You know, they're made up of 14 teams, um, and the SEC is kind of structured in tiers, same as the ACC. You have the two at the top, which are the Giants in LSU and South Carolina. LSU is a very good team that got even better over the summer um, as Kim Mulkey added some big-time transfers and Anissa Morrow and Haley Van Liff. Uh, to top that off, you have um, freshman Aaliyah Del Rosario. You have Michaela Williams. You have uh, Angelica Valdez. Now, this is seriously going to be scary times for their opponents because this team is stacked, y'all. Um, they basically have what feels like a second unit that is better than some of these, you know, different, like some of the other programs starting five. Like their their second tier team is so good that it could beat some programs right now. They're starting five. And so I, I, I you know, it, the moral of the story basically is, um, you know, Barring anything crazy happening in terms of injuries or something else terrible happening, LSU is going to be in the championship game. Like, they're just too good and too stacked not to be. Um, unless they completely fall apart, which I, 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 don't, I don't feel is likely to happen. So we'll likely see them in the championship game again. As far as South Carolina goes, uh, as Don Staley said, uh, they are not the hunted this year. They are hunting. And while LSU gets all the shine in the SEC, South Carolina is looking to play spoiler this year and let people know that, you know, South Carolina's been here for a long time and they're going to be here for a longer time. Uh, they have retooled uh, from last year. And while they will not be as good as they were last year, they, like they're just not, um, they have a brand new starting five um, because last year they were 36 and one. You know, it, it's it, it's pretty clear that they will not be that good uh, this upcoming year. Um, they add in Tahina Pow Pow, 
Malaysia Fulwiley, Tessa Johnson, which is great. They return Camilla Cardoso, uh, who is set to be lights out this year. Like she is, she's going to have an amazing season. Um, you know, this team is looking to be very good. Uh, so y'all don't sleep on them just cause they ain't got Leah Boston. Don't mean that they, ain't, you know, they ain't going to win some games. These team, these, these, uh, these players, they're coached by Don Staley and she want to win. So I, I think, I think, uh, they're going to be very, very competitive. Will they win, you know, um, you know, uh, 36 of their games. No, they won't. Um, they'll, they'll lose a significant amount of games, but, uh, but this team will be ready, uh, for, for the NCAA tournament when it happens. Um, so teams better bring y'all a game when y'all playing against South Carolina, uh, in terms of how, how far South Carolina will make it. I think they're going to be at elite eight team. Like right now, I, I, I feel like they're going to be elite eight team. Will they make it further than that? I don't know. It's possible. You know, Don Staley's great. She's a great coach. So like maybe they make it to the final four. Um, I can't see them making it to the championship game, but you know, I, I'd probably say elite eight would be where South Carolina will fare. Uh, so for the second tier of teams, you have uh, Tennessee and you have Old Miss. Um, these are teams that have some serious talent to hang on um, and they can, they can kind of hang with just about anybody. Uh, but they're not as good as the first of the first two teams. Um, so first let's talk about Tennessee. So Tennessee will be very, very good this year and primarily because of one person, Rakia Jackson. Rakia Jackson is the real deal, y'all. She is WNBA ready right now. Um, and she is on a mission to let folks know that y'all better put some respect on her name. You know, the Lady Vols added Jewel Spear and uh, Destiny Wells to this team who are going to be some great sparks for, for um, the Lady Vols. You know, the main question is, you know, will Tamari Key actually be healthy this year? That's the question. Uh, Tamari Key is, uh, she's trying to get back into, uh, into full strength. Um, if she can get there, I think Tennessee is going to, going to, um, going to be very, well, they're going to be very good regardless, but I think they will be even better with a healthy Tamari Key. Um, Tennessee has a very rough schedule. Um, they did a very good job, uh, really making it tough for this team, uh, before they get to the tournament. Uh, so by the time the tournament actually comes around, this team is going to be battle tested and they're going to be ready to go. Um, so yeah. Tennessee's going to be good. Um, I I say Sweet 16 for Tennessee. Uh, maybe they squeak in the Elite Eight, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Sweet 16 right now. Uh, Old Miss uh, was very good last year, uh, and they will be even better this year. Uh, they added uh, KK Deans. They added uh, Kennedy Todd Williams as well. They have Jador Young, uh, Zakaya Stevenson um, as freshmen. And so... This this uh this team is gonna be pretty solid. Uh, Coach Yo is really trying to build something special at Old Miss. Um, they shocked everyone last year, uh, and they're on a mission to let folks know that last year was not a fluke in, in the NCAA tournament. Um, they're going to lead with their defense, um, and they just added some offensive firepower, so that should be pretty good. Um, this is going to be a a very good team to watch. Um, they'll make it to the NCAA tournament. How far they'll make it? I don't know. Uh, no, no real predictions on that front. Maybe the second round, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, for the third tier of teams, um, I would uh, put Mississippi State in a category of their own for third. Uh, so for Mississippi State, you have um, a team that's really starting to settle into um, into their identity under their new their head coach, uh, Sam Purcell. And y'all, Sam Purcell, this dude is a character, y'all. Like he is a straight up character. Y'all need to y'all need to watch some interviews of Sam Purcell. Like he's He's a, he's a fun guy to watch. Um, this team as a whole, they have a bunch of transfers, like a bunch, a bunch of transfers and recruits. Um, and we'll see how they do. You know, Mississippi State will be very good, um, you know, in non-conference play. Uh, they'll struggle against some, better, some of the better SEC teams, but Mississippi State uh, is a serious team that y'all should be looking out for. Um, they have a lot of growth potential and they have a lot of potential for update upsets. So we'll kind of see how it goes. All right. And then you have just about everyone else, uh, for Arkansas, Mike neighbors is looking to make some noise and possibly upset some people, uh, this season. Uh, sure. They lost their best player, uh, to the portal, but they do add some really good freshmen and, uh, to Leia Scott um, Jenna Lawrence, um, Arkansas is a team that isn't excellent at anything, but they aren't really bad at anything either. Uh, they have players that can play in Michaela Daniels, Samara Spencer, Taylor, Taylor Poffenbarger. Um, you know, they have a pretty good non-conference schedule. So I think those, those games, in addition to their solid play in the SEC tournament, will get them into the NCAA tournament. All right, now Georgia is on a mission to make themselves a destination for women's college basketball, and Katie Abramson Henderson is making it happen. Coming into her second year with the program, she has retooled a little bit um, after losing some serious talent to graduation. She brought in some solid transfers, such as freshman um, Malia Verse. While I don't expect this team to make the NCAA tournament, Georgia is a team that can surprise folks this season. Um, so we will kind of see what happens from here. Uh, so Texas A&M is another team with a young coach that's trying to make a name for themselves. You have Joni Taylor, uh, that has a very solid team. Um, you know, we will kind of see what she's able to do, uh, and kind of build off of last year. Uh, last year, this team was pretty bad, uh, but this year they are actually healthy, um, which makes a huge difference. Um, and they have a little bit more experience underneath their belt. Uh, this team added a bunch of new players to the roster, including number five transfer Inya Rogers, who came from Oregon, um, and other transfers and three freshmen. Um, so of course, uh, they return Janiah Barker, who will be even better this year uh, than she was last year as she returns for her sophomore season. Um, but yeah. Y'all should, y'all should be looking out for Texas A&M. They're young, they're scrappy, and they're a team that's likely going to make it make their way into the NCAA tournament, and quite possibly they'll make some noise. And then we finally have the bottom of the tier in the SEC, which includes Alabama, Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Again, I'm not going to do a full recap of these teams, but here's uh, some quick things to know. So Vanderbilt lost some huge pieces last year with 50% of their offense gone, and the new additions will not be able to make up for the losses in points. 
Uh, they will have a bad season this year. Uh, Kentucky will also be bad. Uh, they lost some big pieces from last year, and one of their best pieces, Naya Leveretter, is still out with the ACL injury. So Auburn is in a rebuilding year with eight players, uh, eight new players on the roster. So Auburn is in a rebuilding year with eight new players on the roster. They do return Honest Scott Grayson um, and Sidney Shaw, which is good uh, for this team, um, but they won't be very good for the season. Well, we'll see. Uh, Missouri, uh, there's not a lot of stuff to say about them. Um, they did add a couple of new faces to the team, including uh, number 53, uh, recruit Grace Slaughter. Um, they will be competitive, but overall, they won't win that many games. All right, so Florida uh, lost a huge piece in KK Deans and Nina Rickards uh, leaving the team, which were big losses. Uh, but they did add Layla Reynolds, uh, number 16, or number 19, I should say, recruit. Uh, we will see what Florida can do this year. And also, remember, they have Ryan Howard as an assistant coach. So, you know, that might, that might help them quite a bit. Um, all right, guys, uh, that was your look at the ACC and SEC teams. Um, I kind of talked about everybody. So let me know what y'all thought about these, these, uh, these, the conferences. Um, I will be making uh, a, a, a separate um, uh, video with, with some of the other conferences as well. I just wanted to give you all two of the conferences um, in this, in this uh, episode and, and uh, we'll release the, the rest of the ones kind of, later on um, in, 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 um, in the next week or so. Uh, I do wanna just say, I thank y'all so much for watching this video. Um, this is another episode of Women's Basketball Weekly. Um, you know, usually I will have some history, I'll have some WNBA talk, I'll have some uh, overseas talk, uh, but with, with women's college basketball starting today, I wanted to make a special episode all about women's college basketball, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. What do you think about this season? Are you very excited? Are you excited about what's going to happen um, this season? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Um, if you haven't liked this video, I ask that you please like it. Um, again, I thank y'all so much. Uh, as this season goes on for women's college basketball, I will make some videos going live um, during games, um, talking to y'all about what's going on, you know, kind of doing some some live game commentary as, as, as stuff is happening. Um, but uh, if y'all want specific coverage for women's college basketball, let me know in the comments below. Uh, this is going to be a very, 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 very busy time uh, for women's college basketball fans. Like there's a lot of games to watch and so little time to watch them. So, um, so if there's any way that I can help give you content, content, context uh and clarity about what's going on um you know let me know i would love to do that uh you all are awesome i really 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 appreciate y'all for watching um you know uh y'all have been rocking with me for a while and i and i really appreciate it we're we're, we're uh several months into this channel uh we are several weeks into women's women's basketball weekly um, and I just love the support y'all show for me. Like I really do. Um, y'all are really awesome. Uh, if there's any way that I can improve, uh, I ask that you let me know, um, in the comments below, let me know if there's a way for me to improve. 
Um, you know, let me know if there's a, you know, a suggestion that you have in terms of someone that I, I should probably interview. Um, in, in one of my previous videos, someone said, hey, you need to do some interviews with, with coaches or players and whatnot. I want to do those. I really do. So if y'all know players directly or whatever, um, and, and y'all want to hook me up so I can get an interview, um, let me know. Uh, I, I, I'm going to actually start reaching out to, to some agents and whatnot to see, uh, see what interviews I can get because, you know, hey, who knows? You know, I, I, I have lots of questions I want to ask players and coaches and whatnot. Um, so it'll be pretty interesting. So fingers crossed that I will be able to eventually um, interview. Uh, so fingers crossed that I will eventually be able to interview some players, uh, some coaches uh, in the hopefully weeks to come. Um, again, thank y'all so much. I really appreciate y'all. Until next time, guys. Bye.